0: Love what you hear? Be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, and even our D and D adventure. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same Jersey as you to be your best. Every time you step on the field, that's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. We have another little short one, another bargain bin, a little quickie for you for your drive. Uh, and today we're talking about Burnout 3
1: Takedown. This game was in the most bargainist of bins because I'm pretty sure that it was included with some consoles. So even if you didn't want it, you probably just got it. It was that <laughs> weird little disc that showed up and just a white sleeve, looked like someone burned it out of a computer in 2004.
0: (laughs) Just slapped it in there. But this was another fresh take on the racing genre. You know, this game brought us every aspect you kind of wanted in a more arcade style, Gran Turismo, Forza aspect that we're gonna get. And it brought it down to like this risky, crashable driving sim.
1: Yeah, this game is honestly a lot of fun. If you did get it as an unwanted console included game, it was honestly probably a little bit surprising how much fun it was because it's just a game where the crashes are the most important aspect, which is anti every other racing game ever. You're intentionally looking for contact in this game. Where in all the other racing games, whether they be simulators or they be maybe more arcade style or just like a traditional competitive style, the goal in most of those games is to avoid contact with the surroundings, Mm -hmm. avoid contact with the other cars around you. Maybe you give them a little nudge to try and get them out of your way, but nothing like Burnout Takedown where you're trying to destroy the vehicles around you um, so that they basically are,
0: are stuck behind. Exactly, so let's get right to it. Burnout 3 Takedown is a 2004 racing video game developed by Criterion Games and published by Electronic Arts. It is the third installment in the Burnout series, which is characterized by fast paced arcade racing. A staple of the series is the use of boost, earned through risky driving, to rapidly increase a car's speed. The central mechanic introduced in Burnout 3 is takedowns, which allow players to slam their opponents until they crash takedowns work in conjunction with the boost system by filling up and extending the boost meter. Aside from standard circuit races, the game features modes focused on performing takedowns on rival vehicles and causing monetary damage at a junction occupied with traffic. Each game variant is featured in a single-player campaign mode called World Tour, which serves as the primary method for unlocking new and faster cars. The game supports both online and split-screen multiplayer, Before the creation of Burnout 3 Takedown, UK-based development studio Criterion had been collaborating with publisher EA on a skating video game. However, disagreements over the game's creative direction led to its cancellation and falling out between the two companies. EA later approached Criterion after reuniting and partnering on a game, and so Criterion began developing Burnout 3 Takedown in June of 2003 on the condition that EA would not interfere in the creative process. Over a year later, EA acquired Criterion and the Burnout series. Their high expectations for Burnout 3 Takedown was influential in the acquisition, and the game launched in September 2004 on the PS2 and Xbox video game consoles. Upon release, Burnout 3 Takedown received critical acclaim from the video game press, becoming one of the highest-rated racing video games of all time, and is considered by many to be one of the greatest video games of all time. I'm going to put a big asterisk next to that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That, that feels were, like it's selling it real, real high. Yeah, th- that uh, but was it Paul. Is a lot of fun.
0: Paul thought that. Mr. Paul down the street was like, listen, I haven't played a game since 2004, so this is the greatest game of all time. <laughs> now, critics were enthused by the shift to a more aggressive style of racing game and the addition of gameplay mechanics like takedowns. The addictive gameplay and visuals were widely praised by reviewers many of whom ranked Burnout 3 Takedown among the best games released on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. The game went on to win numerous awards, including three from the British Academy Games Awards. Retrospective coverage of the game has been highly positive, with some publications declaring it as the greatest arcade racer game ever made and the peak of the Burnout series. I'd agree with that one. Absolutely. And because next, the successor to Takedown was Burnout Revenge, which was released in September 2005, which did... Okay, so let's talk a
1: little bit about Criterion, the studio behind Burnout. David Lau-key, the founder and leader of Canon Incorporated's European research arm, established Criterion Software as a wholly owned subsidiary of Canon in December 1993 and assumed the managing director role for it. At the time, Canon was seeking to establish a multimedia tool development business, while Lau-key had been working on interactive 2D image processing techniques and was looking to extend this to 3D image processing and in turn, out and out 3D graphics. Adam Billiard, who served as its chief technology officer is also credited as a co-founder. Criterion Software's 3D texture mapping and rendering program, RenderWare, was first released in 1993 as a software library For the C programming language and was adopted by 800 companies worldwide by October 1996. The firm also provided a demo game, Cyber Street, while fully-fledged games were developed by companies like 47Tech. Meanwhile, competitor Argonaut Software developed full games, including FX Fighter and Alien Odyssey, to showcase its B-Render technology. In response, Criterion Software hired new staff in 1995 to establish a dedicated game development division. To support this expansion, Criterion Software moved to new offices within Guildford in late 1995. The division, Criterion Studios, was established in January 1996 and announced the month thereafter, at the time employing only 25 people. The headcount expanded to around 35 by October of that year. RenderWare was thereafter gradually retooled as a game development program, with its third iteration, released in 2000, first providing full game engine capabilities. The first game to use this version was Burnout, which Criterion Studios developed in tandem. Publishing rights to the game were sold to acclaim entertainment, while Criterion Studios retained the intellectual property to the brand and technology. Acclaim published Burnout in 2000 and its sequel, Burnout 2, Point of Impact, in 2002, and both of these accumulated around 2 million sales. Despite this, Acclaim lacked the resources to market them in the United States, its home territory, leading to poor sales in the country. At the same time, Criterion Studios, now named Criterion Games, was frequently approached by Electronic Arts, or as we know them, EA, which eventually signed with Criterion Games for the third release
0: in the series, Burnout 3 Takedown. Now, we know this from earlier, that the studio suffered several setbacks. Also, that is the most S's I've ever put together in a sentence. So, <laughs> Sally sells, she's shellish by the she's sure. And so, during this sequence of events that led up to the creation of Burnout 3, including the cancellation of a project, a failed pitch, and a fallout with EA, We knew that in 2002, Criterion was around 130 people divided into two development teams. One team was working on Burnout 2 Point of Impact, a follow-up to Burnout, set to be published by Acclaim Entertainment. The other team had completed the development of the extreme sports game Airblade for Sony Computer Entertainment Europe. Sony had intentions of continuing to collaborate with Criterion on a sequel to Airblade, but the Airblade team turned down the offer. Instead, Criterion began talks with EA, who had a proposal for a Criterion to create a remake of the 1988 skating video game Skate or Die. Criterion was keen to work with EA and started development on the project. Following Burnout 2's release, Criterion prepared a pitch to EA Canada about working on a second game with the publisher. Criterion's proposed title was Need for Speed Split Second. A stunt racing game within ea's need for speed series meanwhile the skater die remake project was thrown into disarray when ea requested changes to the game's design and the creative direction of the project shifted away from criterion's vision with development staff becoming unhappy and stress about the project the studio decided to contact ea and cancel the game ea was displeased with this decision and the relationship between the two companies soured, leading to dissolution of the proposed Need for Speed game. At the 2003 E3 Expo, Criterion Games director of design, Alex Ward, was approached by Bruce McMillan, executive vice president at EA Worldwide Studios. McMillan wanted to reconcile EA's relationship with Criterion and partner with them on a game. Initially, Ward refused, citing their experience of working with the publisher. EA persisted and suggested Criterion make Burnout 3 for them. Originally, the studio was waiting until the next generation of video game hardware launched before starting work on a third installment. Criterion accepted the deal on the conditions that EA would not interfere with the game's development and that Criterion had the freedom to create the game they wanted. Development on Burnout 3 began immediately after the expo in June 2003 with a larger team of staff working on the game than its predecessors. By January 2004, Criterion had a build of the game ready to demonstrate to EA. The development team had drafted several subtitles for Burnout 3, including Fuel Injection, Crash and Burn, Seek and Destroy, Takedown, along with some more ridiculous suggestions like See You in Hell. Internally, they felt that Takedown was not an appealing choice, but the outcome of EA's focus Testing proved otherwise. Despite a Rocky start in the relationship with EA, Criterion admitted to benefiting from the publisher's experience throughout the course of Burnout 3's development. By July, development on the game was nearly complete, with the remaining work confined to bug testing and polishing the experience. On July 28th, EA announced that they had acquired Criterion along with the Burnout Intellectual Property. McMillan stated that their strong expectations for Burnout 3 and ownership of the series were key reasons for buying Criterion. Ward noted that EA's snowboarding video game series SSX was
1: an influence for Burnout 3's bolder and brasher nature. There was an emphasis on making the game more aggressive than previous installments. Ward described Burnout 3 as a game about fighting through traffic rather than racing through traffic. This approach to the game's design led to the introduction of takedowns. A feature that rewarded the player with boost and points for knocking their opponents off the track. The takedown mechanic became a focal point of Burnout 3's design and led to other innovations. At first, the team were not convinced by the idea of having the game's camera panned to show the crash of a taken out vehicle while the player was driving. However, once it was implemented, they agreed that the feature worked well. From there, they decided to show a player's crash as well, which gave rise to the aftertouch mechanic. The crash mode from Burnout 2 was expanded and redesigned to be more puzzle-based. After-touch control, crash breakers, and multiplayer support were added to the mode. They wanted to include ramps and crash events so that vehicles could fly into traffic, but the game's physics system was designed to push cars down on the track to prevent them from taking off during a race. This caused vehicles to descend immediately after driving off a ramp. To bypass this issue, they killed the vehicle once it hit the ramp, leaving it a wreck that was unaffected by the driving physics. The game was developed on Criterion's proprietary game engine, RenderWare. The graphics engine was improved to give between 50 to 100% faster rendering than in Burnout 2. The increased performance allowed them to add features like real-time radiosity lighting and better environment mapping effects on vehicles. Programmers at the studio were adamant about making the game run at a frame rate of 60 frames per second to offer instant response and feedback while driving fast. Since the crash sequences were slower, the higher frame rate was considered less critical than the spectacle of the vehicle collisions. They opted to run the game at 30 frames per second during these instances and dramatically increased the number of particles and debris that were rendered. From an early stage in development, the team wanted to include support for online play in Burnout 3. But they had never explored online play before, so they used Burnout 2 as a testbed for the feature before integrating it into Burnout 3. While Criterion had their own audio team to create original music, working with EA allowed them to include licensed music in Burnout 3. EA launched an initiative called EA Tracks in 2002 with the intent of including licensed tracks in all their games. Burnout 3's soundtrack featured over 40 songs, delivered in a radio station format, presented by DJ Stryker from alternative rock station KROQ-FM. Options were added to modify which songs played during a race or on the menu screen, and the Xbox version supports custom soundtracks. EA tracks is still a thing, definitely see that in EA games all the time, but it was this really cool thing that they did around the time where it was well-known big names that were in all these games. Now I think you start to find a few big names sprinkled in there with a lot of maybe smaller artists. I'm sure that the royalties and things have, have gotten a little more out of control since then, and that's a big reason why or maybe just prioritizing profits over the the soundtrack and music experience. But EA tracks developed then still exist
0: now. Yeah. And and it's cool to see like how a team comes together to be like, okay, these two games we've like vaguely worked on. This is now our property to come with this third one and to be like, it's gonna be crashes. And I love the idea of like no one wants to see like their opponent crash. Because yeah, it does like spin your camera to watch this crash happen and like it flips you forward as you're racing in this kind of slow-mo mode with it, but it emphasizes that arcadey aspect of the game. Like racing is almost like secondary to taking down your opponents. Like you definitely want to race and keep on the track, but even your own crashes going into slow-mo and watching those, those are honestly just as enjoyable to watch to like see the carnage of your car flipping and glass and metal and debris flying everywhere it's it's such a, a great mechanic built in and it's amazing you're not seeing more like that the, the closest somewhat spiritual successor you get today is rec fest um which is like a, a demo derby game you can also do like a circuit race but yeah we really don't see anything like this for a while after this game
1: and calling it puzzle oriented i think is really interesting because mm-hmm. it is true it's It's about how you're moving around and interacting with the objects that are on the road in front of you. And so you're avoiding specific things so that you don't crash on your own and you can sort of use those things then offensively to force other players around you into them, which does create that puzzle element, I think, for the game. There's not a lot of focus on the driving aspect of things in that regard. You don't have Mm -hmm. to be as worried about Do I accelerate here? You know, did I take that turn too tight? You know, making sure all that stuff in more like racing sim style games keeps you uh, on a good pace and you have to force yourself to slow down. This one is just go, go, go. Try and wreck everything around you and be the first and, you know, maybe the only
0: one to cross the finish line. Exactly. So yeah, let's, let's break that gameplay down just a bit more. So as we know, Burnout 3 Takedown is a racing video game with arcade style gameplay that emphasizes dangerous and fast-paced driving. The game features standard circuit races, which take place on carriageways and city streets populated with traffic. The single race mode pits the player against five AI opponents in a single or multiple lap race. During a race, boost, which is earned by acts of reckless driving, such as drifting around corners, near misses with traffic, and driving in oncoming lanes, can be used to rapidly increase a car's speed. Boost can be used immediately in Burnout 3, unlike previous Burnout games which required the boost meter to be full. The quickest method for earning boost is a takedown, a central mechanic introduced in the series. A takedown involves shunting opposing vehicles until they crash. Each one fills the boost meter and can provide an additional boost segment, causing the meter to extend up to four times its initial size. Ramming opponents will cause them to behave more aggressively in return. Their level of hostility is indicated by a colored arrow above their vehicle. When the player crashes or is taken out by an opponent, boost is lost, and a bonus boost segment is withdrawn. During the crash sequence, a slow-motion mode called Impact Time can be activated. In Impact Time, the after-touch mechanic can be used to maneuver the wrecked car chassis into an opponent to get a takedown which acts as a recovery mode by negating the penalty of crashing. So, yeah, this aftertouch mode is like once your car is crashing, you can actually use the joystick to kind of maneuver your wreck around in this kind of like last-ditch effort to kind of move your wreck into their car to hopefully cause them to hit the median or something to like, you know, kind of like the last-ditch effort to kind of make them slow down a bit.
1: Yeah, or take them out. You know, you you might have made a mistake or someone might have been responsible for your crash, but depending on the other racers where they are, you could take someone else out with you and that keeps you from falling too far behind everybody else.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, Road Rage Mode is a new game mode in which the player must achieve a certain number of takedowns in a preset time limit or before their vehicle is totaled. Cars continuously spawn in road rage so that there are always vehicles to perform takedowns on. The Crash Mode from Burnout 2, Point of Impact, returns, but has been enhanced to accommodate the aftertouch feature. The goal of Crash Mode is to create the largest amount of monetary damage in a multi-vehicle collision at a junction full of traffic. The game includes a total of 100 crash junctions. When a set number of vehicles become involved in the pileup, A Crash Breaker is available, which allows the player to detonate their vehicle to cause further damage crash bonuses, score multipliers, a speed boost, or an immediate Crash Breaker can be obtained by driving through power-ups that lie on the junction in Crash Mode. One particular power-up, the Heart Breaker, has a negative effect by reducing
1: the total score. World Tour is a single-player career mode that combines single races, Road Rage, Crash Mode, and several other race variants into a series of 173 events spanning 10 locations across the United States, Europe, and Asia. Events are presented on a navigation map, and a medal is awarded for every one that is completed successfully. World Tour includes Grand Prix events that group several races together into a point-based tournament. Faceoff is a one-versus-one race event wherein the player is granted with opposing vehicles if they win. Burning Lap is a single lap time trial event where the player must beat predetermined lap times. Eliminator is a 5-lap race in which the driver in last place at the end of each lap gets eliminated. The game features 67 vehicles, which are divided into classes based on their speed. New and faster cars are unlocked by earning medals in World Tour mode and achieving milestones such as attaining a certain number of takedowns or causing a certain amount of damage across Crash mode junctions. Burnout 3 supports split-screen multiplayer and online multiplayer. Five different game modes can be played online in the game. Impact time is disabled in multiplayer, and the gameplay in some modes is tweaked. Single race is analogous to the single-player version, except AI drivers are replaced with other players. Online Road Rage functions differently from offline mode. The online version is a team based mode that supports up to six players, and the objective is to destroy the rival team's cars before a certain number of miles have been driven. The remaining three modes are variations on the crash mode that can be played online and locally. Team Crush and Double Impact are both two player modes where both players cause pile ups on a crash junction simultaneously. Team Crush is focused on cooperative gameplay, while Double Impact is about competing with each other. Party Crash is an 8 player score competition mode where players crash at a junction individually and their scores are compared. In April 2010, online services
0: were shut down. Now, Criterion and EA officially announced their partnership for Burnout 3 Takedown in March of 2004. The game was showcased at several trade shows throughout the year, including E3. Burnout 3 Takedown was released for the PS2 and Xbox consoles on September 8, 2004, in North America and September 10th in Europe. In Japan, the game was released on October 14th and was only available on the PlayStation 2. The PS2 version of the game included a demo for EA's Need for Speed Underground 2, which was scheduled to launch a month after Burnout 3. Likewise, the PS2 and Xbox versions of Underground 2 included a demo for Burnout 3. In 2008, the Xbox version of Burnout 3 was re-released as a downloadable, emulated package for the Xbox 360 console as part of Microsoft's Xbox Originals scheme. In 2005, Criterion launched their follow-up to Burnout 3 Takedown, titled Burnout Revenge. Revenge retained takedowns, but continued to evolve the aggressive style of driving by introducing new features such as the ability to knock traffic out of the way and into opponents. With Revenge, Criterion wanted to set the game on its own path rather than just recreate Burnout 3 again. Ward admitted that later Burnout games may not have recaptured the same quintessential feeling that Burnout 3 did. He considered Burnout 3 to be the game that he was most proud of working on and a high point for the studio. Retrospective coverage of Burnout 3 Takedown has been overwhelmingly favorable. With
1: many publications, considering it to be among the best games released for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox consoles, as well as one of the greatest racing games ever made. Edge magazine called the game a pivotal moment for the series and reflected positively on the fundamental changes that Criterion made in designing it. They praised the game for being balanced all around, while noting that later installments like Revenge and Dominator had pushed the series too far in a particular direction consequently diluting a lot of what Burnout 3 had accomplished. IGN reaffirmed these thoughts in 2015 by declaring the game as the most perfect arcade racer ever conceived and the peak of the series. In 2015, US Gamer listed Burnout 3 Takedown as the 12th best game since 2000, stating that it remained at the forefront of the arcade racing genre. Burnout 3 Takedown debuted at number 1 in the UK software chart. During the game's launch week in the UK, 57% of sales were for the PS2 and 43% were for the Xbox. The game became the fourth fastest-selling Xbox title ever in the UK. Its sales of the PS2 version increased by 32% the following week. In Europe as a whole, Burnout 3 sold above 1 million units by the end of September 2004.
0: Burnout 3 Takedown received universal acclaim from professional critics on both platforms, according to Metacritic. Based on the game's Metascore, it was ranked the second best video game on both platforms in 2004. It is also the highest scoring Xbox racing game of all time, and the second highest scoring PlayStation 2 racing game of all time on Metacritic. GameSpot editor Jeff Gersman opened his review by calling Burnout 3 Takedown one of the best racing games of all time, noting that it stood out among contemporaries in the diverse and expanding genre. He felt the quality of the game was high enough to recommend it to gamers who were impartial to driving games. Edge magazine regarded Burnout 3 to be Criterion's finest work to date. They thought the studio had demonstrated their proficiency by revising the series' structure and dynamic. They were also mindful of how Burnout 3's offered fun and exhilarating experience while other developers were prioritizing realism in their games. Andrew Reiner of Game Informer wrote that the addition of significant gameplay mechanics. Had helped craft one of the most addictive racing games ever made. Games TM awarded it a perfect score. They proclaimed that Burnout 3 was without a doubt the greatest racing game ever made, and described playing it as the most fun they have ever had in the genre. GameSpy reviewer Miguel Lopez, who also awarded the game a perfect score, remarked that it was possibly the best arcade racer ever made. So super high praise for the thirdness series. That created this mechanic that people, I think everyone kind of wanted it in the back of their mind. I remember playing like OG Gran Turismo and like bumping into other cars and knocking them and spitting them out. And like that satisfaction of doing it had always been there in racing games. Now being able to see that carnage and that craziness of it, it, it really built it up and, and sold it.
1: There's so much potential in racing games for different styles of play. I mean, uh, Need for Speed Carbon introduced these drifting mechanics where that mm-hmm. was really the main element. Um, and it also really brought into the fold the underground street racing scene through the Need for Speed Underground, Underground 2 mm-hmm. games. Um, then you had more, like, standard racers. You had, like, Gran Turismo. Uh, Project Gotham Racing uh, is another one that that I really loved that was on the Xbox. There was uh, Forza, of course. You know, just tons of different racing games where the different aspects of, is this going to be a game that's like a street level thing where you could take a Honda Civic and just tune it up? Is it going to be a game with a bunch of supercars? Is it going to be a game that's Mm -hmm. more arcade style, like a cruising, cruising World Tour USA, whatever? You know, and... Burnout then says, okay, well, what about this element of the games where you crash? Because it happens in all types of video games, and it's a frustration. But making that a main element, I think, is what makes Burnout's takedown system so unique and fun, is that it took something that is a negative in all those other games, and it turned it into a positive, in fact, a goal of this game. And that's what makes it really cool and fun, and I think made it really fresh because they could have just made another standard racing game, all those modes where you're knocking people out, uh lap by lap or you're doing a sprint where you're going from point A to point B, no laps at all, or doing a standard circuit is done in all different kinds of games from Mario Kart to Need for Speed to um Gran Turismo, NASCAR, you know, and they they took something unique.
0: That that's exactly it is you know, I remember playing Burnout 2 and loving the mode of, like, crashing the traffic and trying to get your score boosters up and, like, hitting the bus and the bus double decks into this line of cars that's coming through and this dump trailer, all this other stuff that hits. And it's like, what if we take that arcadish, this arcade mode in an arcade racer and make that the game and make these takedowns a huge thing of, like, racing against your opponents? It's almost like this is hardcore Lakitu coming in and, and fixing your wrecked car up and slapping you back on the street to keep racing to wreck other cars in in such a fun arcade mode. Like, I would put Mario Kart and Need for... or Excuse me, Mario Kart and Burnout 3 in that same vein, like, really fun arcade racer of trying to wipe out the opponents and trying to get into first place, but, like, all of that kind of mixing in and mashing into one, it was such a fun racer. And like I said, we really did not see anything of spiritual success to that until we got Wreckfest. And Wreckfest still doesn't scratch that itch. It gets close. It is a fun game, and it's silly. You can drive on a lawnmower. You can drive a bus. Like, you know, all these, like, crazy different vehicles. But it doesn't have that same chutzpah that, you know, Burnout 3 really did, and we've never really been able to capture that same magic again. It's true.
1: And it was a lot of fun. Certain games, you know, I feel like they just hit right in an era. Mm. They hit at a time where they need to hit. And now that something like this has sort of been done, it's like, how do you make it fresh again? I think it's really difficult to do. I think racing games as a whole have sort of taken a step back from where they were really in this 2000s era. Need for Speed Most Wanted was a wonderful, wonderful game. The Need for Speed titles that have come out since then are a little bit lackluster in that department. I think we've started to get better racing sims, and people have started building even dedicated racing simulators in their homes mm-hmm. to be able to get a more realistic experience. And so games like this that are a little more on the arcade side, as we trend toward realism and better graphics... Maybe it's just not the right time and moment for something like that. But who knows? In the future, everything comes and goes in cycles. Yep. Maybe people will want to see something like this again. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I'm
0: excited to see what the next iteration of Arcade Racers are. Um, it's, it's, it's a genre that I don't personally really care about until it comes to fun stuff like this. So I'm excited to see what their horizon holds for more of these things to see if we do get more arcadey aspects of it. You know, we'll just have to see. But yeah, thank you all again for listening to this Bargain Bin aspect, this From the Bargain Bin-esque mini-driving episode. It's a very long title that we are still coming up with to exactly fit what we want to do with these. But yeah, thank you all for listening.
1: Yep. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.
0: Goodbye.